Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Well, Villa cut down the tricky trees of Nottingham Forest on Saturday with a 4-2 win, though it was a bit nervy at times. More on that in a sec. Plus, later on, Frankie cooks up yet another of his spicy questions. But first things first, Frankie, how are you? Some big personal news, Frankie. Oh, well, yeah, finally, Aston Villa have signed me up to a five-year contract. They've decided they need me to, you know, fill the gap there if there's any injuries. No, that has not happened. My dream has not happened. But he said something else uh, equally as dreamlike happened where, uh, firstly, I must apologise. There was no podcast last week after the Fulham win, an amazing win. Uh, Fantastic to bounce back from a couple of shaky results we've had. Uh, but there was a reason for it. I was in Barcelona uh, and in Barcelona, one of my favourite cities in the world, I got engaged. Hey, well hey. done, Frankie. Congratulations yeah. from all of us here at All Filler No Filler. <laughs> so that's just you then. <laughs> <laughs> just me. Just me. <laughs> just you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, Basically, everything in my uh, somewhat uneventful life always comes back to Aston Villa. And even my engagement came back to Villa because it was on a Saturday, unseasonably amazing weather in Barcelona in February. And I, I know Spain's warm and all that, but uh, February is not usually that warm in Barcelona, mm-hmm. it? but it was. Uh, and we went to a rooftop bar, had the ring on me. I thought, right, I'm going to, you know, I went to the jewelry course, got the ring there, of course, you know, nice. Birmingham symbolism, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, went, went to, uh, Went to the bar and I was like, right, okay, gonna do it now. So came back. She said, uh, "Oh, have you seen?" I said, "What?" What? She goes, "Ollie Watkins has made it two 0 I was like, "Amazing!" <laughs> it's, it's a sign yes. from the gods, Frankie. I, I was like, "I don't know what I'm more happy about right now." What, <laughs> what's the highlight of my day now? I don't know. Uh, have I been upstaged by Ollie Watkins? I just don't know. Um, so yeah, she said, "Oh, she said Watkins has scored again." So I was like, "Oh, fantastic." Um, anyway, hit, by the way, <laughs> the waiter sent this box over. So I pretended the waiter had given a box. Uh, she opened it thinking it was a chocolate. And then there was a, a, a lovely little room from the jewelry quarter. And uh, she said, um, she said, um, let's just wait till full time and see if Villa win this. Cause I'm a bit stressed <laughs> out. You know, um, the reason I'm doing an Australian accent is because she is from Brisbane. She is, uh, she is Ange Postacogli. She is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was um, a ma- massive Brisbane Raw fan. Uh, yeah, she's uh, yeah, uh, Brisbane's only Villa fan. I know, I, I know there are actually Villa fans in Brisbane. I've, uh, I see there's some listeners out there. So hello, please comment and say hello to us, and you know, say whatever. But, uh, but yeah, um, she said, she said yes, and uh, and then obviously uh, after that, I was looking online. I was like, oh, please hold on, and then we got the win. And uh, it was like perfect, you know, perfect weather in Barcelona, one of the best cities in the world. Villa won, Ollie Watkins had just scored, she said yes. And uh, on top of that, I actually had disguised going to get the ring as me going to a Villa game. So the week before when we played Man United, I'd actually bought tickets to it and she was a bit like, oh, you're going to Birmingham again? You're leaving me down here on my own? I was like, yeah, oh, but I've got to go to this game. And in reality, I was actually going to the jewelry quarter to get the ring, but I... Nice. disguised it with a Villa game. But the thing was that I went and got the ring in the jewellery quarter and then I did actually go to the Villa game. So that ring, <laughs> its first experience of the world was coming with me to Villa Park. And losing against Man United. <laughs> and I losing mean, against just... Man United. And of course like, it was. Yeah, I, I was kind of like, oh, that's not a good omen. But then it, it was all made up for with the Ollie Watkins uh, coming to the rescue. So I hope Ollie hears about this one day. I hope he somehow, some way I can, he can hear about this. And, you know, he it, not that he'll particularly care, but, you know, it's a nice little story, isn't it? 
it, it's a lovely story, you know. Perhaps he'll he'll um you know be the usher at your wedding, Frankie. Which once imagine? he hears about this story, that'd be that'd be nice, wouldn't it? It's funny, imagine? isn't it? Like so many of my personal personal sort of highlights and 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 times in my life which I can remember I I sort of link them so intrinsically to villa moments as well right. so so forget when I proposed to my now wife Rosie that was the same day March the 1st 2020 just before covid ravaged <laughs> the entire world um that was the day of uh, the league cup final between villa and man city oh was it uh, oh, right. it was yeah it was it was um so that also St. David's Day here in Wales. So that was quite a big day. And then the the night before Alfie was born, I was on a massive high because Villa had just beaten uh, Arsenal at the Emirates 3-0. Mm. Um, uh, that was the kind of the, when, when sort of Barkley played for us and did so well in the early stages at, at Villa. And I think Watkins scored a great goal and, and Grealish was on fire. And, you know, you know, I think you probably remember that. We had the, the black away yeah, yeah wearing. Cool. Um, so yeah, that was. Uh, it's, it's funny just how how we sort of link all those things together. But um, hey, listen, Frankie, congratulations. Yeah, many congratulations. Um, um, yeah, primarily for Aston Villa winning at Fulham. That, that's obviously the big <laughs> the biggest story of the day. But, yeah, uh... that was that was the story of the day. And of course, we have to move swiftly on to another big story Whoa. of the weekend, Frankie. Aston Villa four, Nottingham Forest uh, two. Now, I think before the game, a lot of us, a lot of Villa fans, were probably talking about that game being. A must win, particularly with, um, you know, Spurs, our top four rivals on the horizon. We did it. It looked a lot more comfortable after about, you know, you know, 40 minutes, but then it started to get, it started to get a bit, um, a bit more uncomfortable as the, as the game wore on. Uh, how did you see it, Frankie? Oh, well, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Costner, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, he's not going to be happy, is he, after what we, we did to him. We were, we were like the Sheriff of Nottingham turning up and tearing down the, uh, his his home. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, amazing to see Villa get two wins in a row. Um, I think the Fulham away win was really impressive. They're, they're yeah. a very well coached team, and I think with the way Villa's, you know, we had a couple of shaky results. We had a bad result against Chelsea, a bad result against Newcastle, a really frustrating loss against United. And so to come back with all the injuries we have and win two games in a row against Fulham, against Fulham, and against Nottingham Forest is massive, you know, given the pressure, you know, you look back in history and you think whenever we've been pushing towards the Champions League or top four or even the title, you know, with John Gregory in 99 and um, Martin O'Neill a couple of times in the 2000s, uh, February tended to be the moment when it all fell apart. And, you know, with Villa, you sort of think, all right, the Villa of old, we'd have had a couple of bad results and then we'd have gone and played at Fulham and lost or we'd have played Nottingham yeah. Forest at home drawn or lost or whatever and instead we've gone and won both of those games and I think it's suggestive of the mental strength of this team uh, and the ability we, we, are, we are an excellent football team and we're coached by a fantastic manager he is apt Unai Emery is doing an absolutely just extraordinary job at Aston Villa and um, and so and so the Forest game um, I think from the first minute it kind of felt like Aston Villa were at it and absolutely at it. And Nottingham Forest completely were not at it. Um, I thought Forest were absolutely abject, to be honest. Mm. Um, and and I think the two goals they got, I call them amigos falsas, false friends. You know, sometimes there's a there's a goal that you get where it's like um a consolation goal that gives a little bit of a flattering scoreline. And I sort of think 4-2 is quite flattering for the way Forrest played overall in the game. Mm. I think their two goals came moments when it was 
just before half time, set piece. That is a problem for us, set pieces at the moment. We need yeah, to watch yeah, out yeah. for that Luton. Yeah. It was a poor goal to concede. And then straight after half time, we've lost Pal Torres. The defense is not quite set and they get a goal straight after as well. But the, again, the, it, they did get a couple of like ridiculous chances that came about from our defense looking shaky. But I just didn't think they were impressive at all, really, Forrest. I think given the players that they have, I think they're better than what they showed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I, I think, but also I think it's suggestive of just the quality Villa have, particularly in attack. I thought in attack, I thought we were exceptional. We really were. I thought um, Leon Bailey, you know, he, he's in the Jack Grealish zone. You know, I, I look at him now and I'm getting the same level of love I had for Jack Grealish. I'm, I'm wanting to write poetry about him. I'm staring up at the stars at night and, you know, smoking a cigar, just, th- you know, all this poetry going around my head. Um, you know, he's got the magic of Gandalf. You know, Gandalf looks at him, throws his staff down and goes, I led the riders of Rowan to Helm's Deep. I I, I single-handedly laid the smack down on Saruman. I look at Leon Bailey. I can't out-magic this guy. Sauron would look at his own ring and he'd throw it in the cracks of Mount Doom himself because I can't compete with Leon Bailey. The, the magic of this man. Can you believe how amazing Leon Bailey is now, George? Oh, phenomenal. Absolutely amazing. And I think you're right. You know, the Greenwich comparisons are fair insofar as, you know, I think when he first joined, he's one of those players that we criticised as being one of the, yeah, the wingers. They're quite common, to be honest. They're, they're, they 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 can be relatively one-dimensional, uh, inconsistent, uh, will have like one decent game and then have two or three where, you know, he's a five or six out of ten and not most. And then product is is sort of eked out of them. But now it seems like every game that Bay plays, when he gets the ball, he's he's so positive. He's on the front yeah. foot. He's he's you know marauding into the box. I mean, <clears throat> how many cutbacks was he um, was he sort of laying off to to Ramsey or to Watkins mm. or to? He just looks fantastic. And 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 the goal that he's that he set up for, for Watkins was just phenomenal you know it was sort of getting getting past getting past forest left back and then through the legs and over to Watkins it was just it was just brilliant it was it was I think um I thought him and Cash (laughs) in it's as as a tandem yesterday worked really well together but I think kind of everyone you know the defense was shaky but I think that everyone sort of from midfield up to attack was absolutely amazing I thought um Leon Bailey was just extraordinary I think the, the, Mm. the the what he did to set up that first goal the hot it's it's amazing it is just amazing to watch him now as i say it's the greatest thing you just think you expect magic and yeah. that he followed that up by then basically having the key pass for the second goal with an extraordinary pick out of matty cash who'd made a really good run perfectly weighted um and cash did really well to pull it back then to ramsey and ramsey himself then did really yeah. well to instinctively sort of know where louise would be and Louise with a great finish. Um, yeah. You know, he's what again, what an amazing season he's having. A brilliant performance from him, I thought. Apart from it, right at the start of the second half, where he lost it a couple of times. And Unai Emery actually mentioned that he said, you know, I need you to not do that, and, and he, you know, eked it out of his game after that. And Villa improved as a consequence. But um, uh, and then the uh, the third goal again, John McGinn, another player who I thought was absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. You know, having to play in that CDM role essentially. His, his physicality, his passing, it, it was superb. And um, uh, a great ball in f- for Douglas Luiz again to make it 3-0. Um, 
And uh, I think that, again, came from Matty Cash doing a, a super pass out to McGinn, um, a sort of first-time pass with the back to goal. I, th I thought that was really good. And so, yeah. so I think in attack, Cash was very good. I think, I don't know whether the, with the second goal, whether it was Cash or Chambers, it was about, I think maybe Cash should have followed Morgan Gibbs-White. Yeah. Um, but you you kind of have to give the defence a bit of leeway. Obviously, you know, you, you don't want them to make mistakes. You don't want them to see goals. But there is some leeway here where these guys, are, I know they train together every day. They are very used to playing with each other, but at the same time, it's different to playing together in a game. Yeah, and these guys. I mean, are... I mean, you know, our centre half partnership for forty five minutes was our fifth and sixth choice centre halves, yes. yeah. which is astonishing, isn't it? You know, yeah. the the thought that went through my mind was that Paul Rudd meme, where you know <laughs> he's talking to that guy, like, yeah, <laughs> who would have thought it? Huh? Not me. <laughs> Not a, you know. Yeah, like like these are two guys that you just you wouldn't have long lay and, and chambers you would you, you know you wouldn't you wouldn't have had them as as you know our Premier League starting centre halves would you? But because of our shocking far this season, you know they're they're they're, they're patched up together and and hopefully you know Power Torres's injury isn't significant. I don't by the sounds of things it didn't seem to be uh, too too bad. It, it sounds much more precautionary than anything more significant. Um, we'll wait and see on that one, but um, but yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think given given fact that you know Cash arguably isn't our first choice right back, you, you know certainly not our centre backs, and, and Moreno and Dina, it's a bit of a coin toss between those two at left back. So mm. you know it's it is it was a patchwork defence, so that does have to be taken into account. Yeah, definitely, and I think I, again it, it suggests the mental strength of Villa because there's, in the past, you know, as we saw when we played a Nuno Espirito Santo team a few years ago when we played Wolves, we two up to the 80th minute. Yeah, they got a goal and they came back one three two. Mm. Um, you know, the, I, I keep saying it. I think every other podcast keeps saying it. The Villa of old would have, you know, Nottingham Forest make it three two in the forty sixth, forty seventh minute. My inner Villa fan was saying from the harsh experience of be, being a supporter of this great club is I'm quite used to the idea that maybe Forest are now going to actually make it three three and maybe even four three. Mm. Instead, Villa didn't calm all good took control of it again and went and got the fourth goal. And I think full credit to Tielemans, who I thought I thought his passing was really on point. I thought his tackling was really good yesterday. I thought he pressed really well. Mm. He was very energetic. I think it's great to see that from when he started at Villa. It looked like he was coming in with quite low confidence from his last season at Leicester. Mm -hmm. Things hadn't been good for him. But ever since that AZ um, Altmar game away, where we won, was it 4-1? where him and Bailey were brilliant together, the two of them have been absolutely exceptional. Well, have been yeah. really, really good at least since. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, Tielemans, I thought I thought he was good yesterday. And it was a great ball. He pressed great ball into Watkins. Watkins, again, a fantastic performance from him. I mean, everyone, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. he, was, he was just brilliant. And turning so well, uh, and the ball comes to Leon Bailey and he scores. And so, mm. you know, attack-wise, you have to give full credit um, to us. But like I say, I think, Defensive-wise, you know, I do worry a little bit. There were a couple of chances that you think it is a patchwork defence and you do think mm, it is a bit worrying, you know, to think if it goes to Luton next week, for instance, they're just going to bombard us with high balls into the box at times, aren't they? They're going to, they, they're probably going to try and hit us that way. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if, given the way we've been conceding goals from set pieces or from corners recently, whether, you know, Luton might actually get some joy that way. But that said, you know, seeing the way we we got results against Fulham and um, Nottingham Forest, you know, I can't help but feel confident going to Luton as well. Um, you know, as, yeah. as hard a place as that is to go.
I mean, there's there's a few things I want to say about the side as it currently is. I mean, one is the fact that we managed to get two very good results yeah. uh, despite our injury problems and, and how many players are missing is a testament, again, to Emery's coaching and ability to uh, move players around tactically, play players in a, in, a, in a different way and still manage to get results in, in an effective way. You know, Fulham, we dominated, deserved to win. Forest, for large spells, we dominated and deserved to win. And despite all the players who are missing, you know, it, it's testament to both him and the players who are fit um, that they're doing, a, you know, one hell of a job to try and make sure that we secure Champions League football. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is there just seems to be so much faith among the players playing that those around them are going to give, you know, 100% to, to the cause. And they're all gifted quality players that can affect games. I mean, if you're if you're Douglas Louise or Watkins or Bailey and you're looking around at the other players around you, you're thinking, yeah, I mean, we've, what team we've got? You know, what? how talented are my teammates mm. that I know that if I pass it to, to a John McGinn or if I'm uh, Douglas Luiz and I pass it to a Leon Bailey or a, or a Watkins, that they've they've got the confidence and the ability at the moment to make something happen for the team. Mm. And uh, it, amazing to see, and it's obviously not something I'm used to seeing. I think certainly not we're used to seeing as a as a Villa fan. As Villa fans, um, and I do think actually the next couple of weeks could be the defining weeks in our season. I know we talk about a lot. Of, I mean, every game now until the end of the season is, is vitally important, but this particular phase I think is is important because yeah, yeah. you know um, we've got Luton and Spurs our next two Premier League games, and in between all that, we've got our first um, knockout game of the Europa Conference League against Ajax. I mean, we haven't talked about that yet. I mean, what a, what a draw that is for Villa. The, you know, mm. the giants of Ajax. Um, in in Europe, just an incredible fixture to look forward to. Um, you know, obviously that's a return to the Conference League. We haven't played Conference League football for a few months. How do we manage that as well as the critical games in the Premier League that are happening within days of each other? I think it's, it's you know it's it's really important that we try and uh, keep players as fit and fresh as possible, albeit with our sort of quite limited squad as we as we have it. Um, uh, and yeah, if we come out of the next week or so, couple of weeks, with positive results against Ajax and Luton and Spurs, I will feel so much more confident about the rest of the season as well. I think that that really would be, you know, setting a ben- benchmark that yeah, we we mean business and we want yeah. to, you know, we want to win both. That's such an important competition and, and a trophy which we haven't done in so long, and cement that top four uh, position. Um, so I'm 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 in really intrigued. I'm looking forward to it. We're, we're finding form again at just the right time after we had that blip, you know, at the end of last year into this one, mm. and that will take us then into the end of March, and then you know it's it's then a couple of months to go into the end of the season. I think it's just it sets us up really really nicely uh, mm. to to try to try and achieve something. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you're right, and I think you'd have said, you know, you say that that, that run we've got coming up. You just said before Fulham and Forest. You like you look at them games. You think if you want to get Champions League, you're probably games you have to win. Yeah, Fulham away is a very difficult game, I think, and that was again, like I say, you're coming off the back of some shaky results, and to go and get that win was a really like quite, and it could have been. I think two one was quite flattering, really. As I think four two was quite flattering to Forest. I think I think both games could have been a bit more convincing. It was really impressive, and it's it's a great start to that run that we've got. That is quite crucial now. And as you say, you know, to get that six points um, and to, to just get away from Tottenham, have a game in hand now. 
but then also get away from Man United. Fulham. I think I might possibly have cheered louder for the Fulham goal <laughs> yeah. for Awobi's goal yeah. than I did for um for our own. Um... Well, I, 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 I said I said this on the last show, didn't I, Frankie, about Man United and and you know how I said you know we're not a Man United podcast, but I just want to make this point that there's nothing that I've seen in Man United um, in the game against us and and the game they played against Luton after us now uh, that made me think that they are going to be knocking on the door. So to speak, and regardless of what you know, commentators or or you know, football pundits might say about United potentially going on this big run. Yes, they've lost um, Hoyland, and he's a big loss because his current form is so good. But you know, um, you know, Man United shouldn't be relying on just one player to yeah. to make the difference for them. Yeah. But clearly, they struggled without him against Fulham. Um, they're just they're just too inconsistent, and I, I I don't want to rely on the inconsistency of Man United for us to secure European football again for next season. Obviously, we need to take care of ourselves first and foremost. And I think Emery will stress that point. I'm sure he will. And the players will will know that, obviously, too. But um, it does bring me quite a lot of solace knowing that United still, after all these years, uh, since Fergie left especially, are just incredibly inconsistent and cannot really be relied upon to, um, to do things themselves, basically. Yeah. I think it was because I think it's just that because obviously there's the name factor, isn't it? Is Manchester United? And of course, yeah. You just kind of think like they're just eking out these results, and they're they're pl- but they're playing so badly. Every time I've watched them this season, I'm like, yeah, like I watch Tottenham, I watch Villa, and I, ha- I have an absolute idea of what they are. Yeah, and there'll be games where they both play absolutely fantastic football, mm-hmm. and you kind of want to see teams like that. Be like, well, look, like you want teams that are playing like this to be successful. Obviously, we don't want Tottenham to be successful with Villa. Of course, we don't. But you, you do want these teams. You, you respect those teams and think they're you know they they should be up there competing. You look at United. Yeah. I think obviously you you earn it competing by winning, which is what they've been doing recently. But they just play such garbage football. Yeah, it, it was like every time, and like it was like the eighty fifth minute. I said to my governor, I went, I know what's going to happen. They're one 0 down. I'm like, they're going to equalise in the eighty eighth minute from a corner. And then they're going to score in the 97th minute. We're going to have to listen to all the former Man United pundits going on and on and on. You know, this is the Manchester United where we're coming back. Aston Villa, Little Villa, Little Chapman, they're going to have to deal with us or not. And then, you know, Rio Ferdinand's going to do another tweet about Douglas Weirs or something. Well, he was a bit quiet <laughs> yesterday, wasn't he? He, sat, he was. zipped his lips up then, didn't he? So couldn't find his phone to tweet about it, could he? You know, like, you know, you know, it's not that I, I hate Man United or anything, but it's just... It's just knowing, like, look, we are we are competing with them, you know. We're competing with them and Tottenham now to get top four, and um, you, you do have to, you do kind of want to look at their results and uh, to see Fulham pull that out was <laughs> it was yeah. uh, it was quite it was quite fun. Um, uh, yeah. It was, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, you know, in the past couple of weeks, Fulham have done us a massive favour. Uh, They've done us a very, lot of favours since for like four years. Now. Yeah, well, exactly. Thank God, thank God, they beat us in the in the Championship playoff final all these yeah. years ago because it meant you know we managed to get they, the owners we've currently got. So. I never forget when they beat us three 0 last season. Uh, it's Gerard sacking within yeah, like an hour. Yeah, God, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Professor Ryan. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm with my second club now. But... <laughs> Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's just it's a just, lovely, lo- lovely little ground. It's a lovely little it's walk a lovely up to little the ground, ground lovely, lovely area, Fulham. You know, yeah. Hugh Grant supports them. I could see me and you in a film like Notting Hill, George, accidentally yeah. walk into a Hollywood star, spill coffee all over themselves, and they scold oh, themselves. Oh, 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 I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me clean you up. Let me, let me. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. some, some more like Boris Johnson than Hugh Grant there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been, um, yeah, it's been a good, it's been a good couple of weeks, Frankie. I'm, yeah. I'm much more positive now about the future. Amazing how fickle we are as football fans. Isn't totally it? fickle. Watch us lose to Luton and Spurs yeah. in a couple of weeks. And, uh, like, yeah. It's the end of the world. Yeah. Emery yeah. out, bring yeah. Gerard back. Absolutely. But, well, no, do us a favour and beat us next time so Emery can get sacked. Or no, 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 I don't want that to happen. Please, God. It's, but it's, it's, it's great. It is great. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying the season. Uh, and yeah, hopefully... We can continue this, and um, and uh, and and it all looks good for us in May. And the one other thing I wanted to mention was: Did you see that sort of bizarre interaction between um, between Emery and Luca Dean? <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I have no idea what that was all about. I think I think maybe Emery had seen something on the pitch that he wanted Dean to do. Yeah, and he came on, and Dean was like, "What are you talking about?" Well, I saw I saw a friend of the show, a French Villa fan called Quentin Guest, tweeted. Um, about how it was always like it was a bit of a it was a jokey interaction. Yes. So I think like Emery himself was happy. I think Emery joked about it after the game. So I think the, the but it was I think it's one of them things where he's just so obsessed with football and sees me and then he just for some when he just picks him out like it, <laughs> yeah. must have just been like, what, it's like you, what? what are you on about? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was quite funny. It was I'm, very I'm gonna do so. that in future. Like when I when there's like a mislet a pass that's misplaced, I'm gonna turn around in the whole tent at someone and just start going at them like, <laughs> Do you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> as a stewards as well, wrestling you out and saying yeah. all the fans booing me, like oh he's he's an idiot, that bloke. Get him out. All Villa, No Filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. Could me and George be like Julius Caesar and Pompey staring at each other across the Rubicon in this, the spicy question? I got a little Roman Empire. Yeah, episode. what a hell of an yeah. anecdote, that, Frankie. Yeah, but, but maybe niche, but uh, you know, if you're into history, you'll know it. Um, <laughs> today, George, I ask you, oh, it's a big one. Do reports suggesting Bayern München are interested in Unai Emery cause you any worry at all? Um, <clears throat> my voice was warbling there, but that's that's really because I've just got a bit of a chest infection you, rather than any voice concern is about. <laughs> your voice is finally broken. Your voice is finally <laughs> broke after all these years. Yeah. The thought of Emery leaving Villa is just <laughs> turning me into just a complete mess. Um, yeah. no, I um, not not especially. I'll be honest, Frankie. I, I'm really not concerned about it. I think okay. it would be it would be strange if if given this the work he's done at Villa that whenever big jobs do appear, that Emery's name isn't in some way linked to it. Um, he, and, you know, he's such an elite level manager. We all know that, that when elite level jobs come up at clubs across Europe, that he's he is going to be linked to it in some yeah. sort of capacity. Um, I don't know. I, I think with Emery, you know, he, he's he's a, he's a seasoned operator. He, he's He's been at many clubs you know, of all different sizes and different financial budgets and different pressures and all the rest of it. And I like to think, I mean, football has this way of just proving me wrong every single time. Um, but I like to think he's at a club now, Villa, where all the boxes are ticked for him. Mm. I, I don't I don't know I don't know if any other club um in in Europe can give him what we can currently give him. Um 
you know, as I said, he's managed some big clubs before in 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 Arsenal and and Bayern Munich, uh, not Bayern Munich, uh, Paris Saint Germain. Yeah. Not, not, not Bayern Munich. Um, Paris Saint Germain. Um, where he's you know experienced Champions League football and he's had that pressure of trying to compete at the top of the league and 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 it hasn't really worked out for him at those clubs mm. where he's found much more success at clubs you know arguably the next sort of rung of the ladder down where he's managed to build them up into teams that are knocking at the door of the elite level clubs and anyone with villa in the name villa <laughs> yeah, yeah basically yeah <laughs> um and you know he's managing the premier league arguably the most competitive the the, the best league in the in, in the world at a at a very historical big club with a big fan base, much bigger fan base than even the teams like Sevilla and Villarreal that he's been at before. Um, you know, he's got the full support of the owners. Uh, he's allowed to bring in every player, every uh, every coach um, that he wants, every sporting director that he wants. Um, he uh, has his own club has been bought by by the owners of Aston Villa. Uh, I I don't I just don't think I think there has there there has just been this agreement in place that um, that both Emery and the club are in this whatever we are in <laughs> this little sort of like roller coaster ride. We're, we're we're all in it together, and I just I'm just not convinced that there is another project out there which will meet his. Demands, quite frankly, because yeah. if he goes to a Bayern Munich, you know, there's always going to be owners or or, or you know, difficult players to manage or difficult coaches or members of the board or whatever that will want more control mm -hmm. than he is currently offered at Aston Villa. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's just a really exciting... We're, we're in a, such a good place with him at the moment. It's a really exciting project. He must be excited about, you know, where he can take us. Um, he's got the adoration of the of the supporters and the fans. Um, you know, obviously the the players love him. The players are, are you know are playing up for him and have sung his praises. Uh, so, with all that in mind, I just don't think that even a club like Bayern Munich and as as successful and historic and prestigious as that, I'm still not convinced that um that he'll be tempted by that and also i wouldn't be convinced that he would be their number one choice anyway i, I think they'd mm -hmm. be much more keen on getting a zabi alonso in yes. um yeah and I would, he, would, would yeah. he want to go to a club who um who's tried to get somebody else first uh yeah. I, I i don't know so yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not too concerned yeah I, th I think it's something we're gonna have to get used to uh leading up to this summer i sort of feel like there's gonna be a lot of big clubs looking for managers. And I just think Unai Emery, naturally, his name is going to come up because he's just done such an absolutely phenomenal job at Aston Villa. And he also, he's followed following up his performance at Villa with a great performance at Villarreal as well. You know, he got them to a Champions League semi-final. He won the Europa League with them. That's an absolutely phenomenal performance. Yeah, and now, yeah. what he's done with Villa from where we were when he took over, just rapidly, it's just been, just incredible. Like, it really is incredible. And, um, no, no question at all that, you know, teams like a Bayern Munich and Liverpool, even Manchester United, they are going to have him, you know, they get, they're going to draw up the managerial wish lists and he's a name that probably will come up in conversations. That's fine. That's just the way the nature of football is what it is. Um, but like, I think what you said is a good point, you know, about like Xabi Alonso, for instance. Now, I, I think Bayer by, by Leverkusen are the, probably the best team I've watched this season. I just absolutely think they're an amazing team to watch. I think... What he's doing there is extraordinary and he's clearly on course for a top managerial career if he can continue what he's done this season elsewhere. 
And I do think he'll be the number one choice for Bayern Munich and Liverpool. But I wouldn't be surprised if he stays at Leverkusen for another year and then goes to Real Madrid maybe in a year and a bit. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I I think with with Emery, it, it would be a bit of a risk in the sense, you know, obviously he'd back himself at these clubs. He'd back himself to go to Bayern Munich and win things. And, you know, he'd, if he was given assurances by their board, that they'd always back him and there'd be no interference. I'm sure he'd he'd, be, he'd consider it. But the thing is, like, you know, Bayern Munich, you are going into a bit of a... Uh, it's a different pressure to Villa, isn't it? Yeah. You have a couple of bad results as he's had at Villa, you know, against Newcastle and Chelsea recently. It doesn't matter. We all hold him in such high regard that he can just do... It's There's no pressure on him, really, even though he mm. obviously puts pressure on himself. The, it's, it's not the same pressure you get if Bayern Munich lost a couple of games. The pressure on him, the players in the squad—it'd it, just be a—it'd be a different thing. And also, you know, Bayern, you've got that drama of early Honus up there, and all the board members, the former Bayern players. It's just a different pressure. And at Villa, he's not got that. He's got a perfect setup. He's got, you know, we've brought in Monchi as a sporting director. Yeah, we brought in Vidigani who works with him. We've got essentially. Uh, you know, Real Union link, you know, his family club. Um, it's a club that's built in his image now, you know, and mm -hmm. it, there's not many managers ever will get that in their career. They'll never get that sort of freedom to do kind of what they want. And, you know, um, obviously, who knows what happens with FFP going forward? It seems like every club in the country seems to be really concerned with it at the moment. Newcastle look like a club with despite all the money they've got. There's, there's some problems there. So, you know, who knows how that might impact things in the future. But at the, at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, Emery is definitely here for the long haul, I think. And his career gen tends to have been three, four seasons at clubs, two, three, mm. four. Uh, I think, I just think with Villa, he's probably getting a level of control that he would not, he's maybe not had before and he might not get elsewhere, um, you know, and you, and you'll get a different kind of pressure if he ever went to a Man United or something like that. And it feels like a losing game to clubs, going to clubs like United at the moment and and, and Bayern maybe. But um, I just think with Villa, he's he's on to, he's he's proven himself already. He's proven he can work with clubs like a Villa. So I, 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 I'm not too worried about these things. I think there'll be a lot of noise from the media, just a lot of lazy links, but some legitimate links as well. Uh, but I'm I'm not too worried about it at all. I think I think he'll I think he is in this for longer than um, you know this season. And um, you know Newcastle went for him at Villarreal and he didn't go. Wasn't the right time. Yeah, you know he left yeah. it to the to a year another year. So yeah, I'm 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 not too worried. No, and, and as I said, you know he's 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 been there and done that with the big clubs. Um, you know he he's not like you know if he if he was a younger manager like Zabi Alonso. Um and and starting his career, and you know had only experienced you know one or two clubs of a certain of a certain stature, and then his successes led him to a bigger club. That that the lure of that you 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 kind of understand that would be difficult to turn down. But but as I said, he's he's experienced. He's been to PSG. He's been to Arsenal. He's been to some some top clubs, um and um and it hasn't you know from from an outsider looking in, it hasn't kind of worked out for him for whatever reason. Um, and, and now he's, he's, he's where he is a, a, a villa and still mm -hmm. competing at a high level. I, I, I think certainly at this stage as well, 
you know, it might there might be a point where he's at Villa for a couple of years and he just gets a bit itchy, you know, he gets itchy feet or, you know, which can happen to any manager, yeah. coach, player, whatever. You know, no one's going to be at a club forever. Yeah. Uh, that's just not the way football works these days. Um, but certainly at the moment, he's he's in the middle of this project, which is, you know, far from finished. We're still competing in in the European Cup competition. We're still competing for top four. And if we do get top four, then, you know, next season will be, you know, a Champions League campaign to, for him to look forward to, uh, you know, reinvesting money in the playing squad to get yeah. more players. Ho- hopefully a Champions League campaign. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I've got, that's what I, but it's, we, but yeah, that, fingers this, crossed. This is what we're all, this is the project where we're, we're on that path. Yeah. And if we get it, as you say, Frankie, then that will open up a world of possibilities in terms of the type of player that he could attract um, and the club can attract generally. I mean, yes, as you say, there are these FFP constraints, which means that we might have to sell, you know, maybe one or two players. But if we get Champions League football, that obviously will benefit us financially. So maybe we won't. And then we'll, you know, because, you know, a lot of the players that are there are are players that he hasn't personally signed, although they've been very good for him and I'm sure he wants to keep them. There's certainly the scope there for him to keep kind of molding and crafting that squad in his image, working with Monchi and the other, the other, the other people behind the scenes to create the team that he wants. Um, And as you say, at, at a Bayern Munich, that there's not really that scope for him to, to do that, obviously, he'll have a say in who comes in uh, and who he and plays. He'd always, but... he'd always have a great squad there. Yeah, of course, yeah. But the the the, the model would be very different yeah, to what it is currently for him at Aston Villa. Um, and um, you know, there hasn't been any indication that he's unhappy. You know, no, sometimes no. sometimes you might hear these kind of rumours that come out because you know his his you know his agent or whatever is quite keen on on him moving on. That tends to happen with some players and some managers that you'll just hear things come out in the media or hear things on social media or whatever. There's none of that. No, I mean, yeah, everything, yeah. everything you hear That's from Emery and, and from the camp and everything else at Villa Park at the moment is they're all pretty happy. He, he likes the team. He likes the setup. He likes what he's doing. So yeah, there's no concern. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I mentioned uh, Julius Caesar and, uh, Pompey looking at each other across the Rubicon like me and you. Um, do you think Unai Emery would be a good like Roman emperor? I, I could see. Oh just, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like Unai just sounds like a sounds like a Roman emperor, does, a, isn't a, it? Emperor, isn't it? Yeah. Unai Emerius. Unai Emerius. Like emeritus. Emeritus. Yeah. <laughs> he, he sort of led the conquest of Nottingham or somewhere like that. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can, I can, I could sort of see him like. Um, I mean. Obviously, if he gets his Champions League football, there will be a statue of him outside Villa Park, I'm sure. But yeah. a marble statue, yeah, you know, sort of yeah. Romanesque. You know, you can see sort of widowed, widow's peak, <laughs> uh, but in marble, glistening yeah. in the Birmingham sunshine. Yeah, uh, holding some sort of spear and, and, a, a, and a Champions League trophy to his own. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do, and do... Um, you know, holding first and Getrix's head. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so after yeah. he's put PSG to the sword or something, yeah, yeah. But, but, <laughs> but it'd be like uh, this is very niche reference to join. Yeah. Uh, there's some, uh, there's probably some history nerds out yeah. there. He's like, like I get, I get that, I get that. Finally, reference. finally, the podcast I've been waiting for. Oh, they're combining about... football and history. The rest is oh, history. They're talking, yeah, they're talking about goals. Okay. Yeah, cool, cool, finally, cool. this is what I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, and I, I've always thought. Um, I've always thought Jose Mourinho would be a great, would be like he was he would have been a Roman emperor, I think. Yeah, 
he'd, yeah, have, yeah, he'd, yeah. Have, he'd have had an amazing early career where he just conquered the world. It was all going up, but then he'd just fall out with everyone and eventually gets his memory damned. Falls, yeah. You know, it just all goes a bit wrong in the end. But it, at the start, it's like, who is this star? Um, yeah. And then uh, the, the special one. The Emmy Martinez is definitely a gladiator who revels in destroying everyone who steps into the Coliseum with him. And I think <laughs> Ollie Watkins is a man made out of marble. He looks like a literal, he's, he's the perfect man, isn't he? He's just, he yeah. looks like literal marbles. Just, he's, he yeah. would he would be kind of the yeah the the Russell Crowe gladiator yeah uh, you know the the man of of uh, you know decent morals and uh, yes and, and brave wants to restore handsome. the republic uh, yeah exactly yeah. I can I can see that I can yeah. see that well they're making a new gladiator aren't they Frankie so maybe yeah. Ollie Watkins needs to be um, cast in that in some sort of capacity that's, that's it and Emmy Martinez will be like a comical villain. Sort of in it, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 but yeah, I think Martinez would be more like the, um, the, uh, uh, what's the, what's the, what the anti-hero. Yeah, anti we all love him secretly, don't we? But yeah, we all love, but he's, yeah. but he's a proper. I mean, he's a real, you know. Yeah, he, you he's, know. He, he sort of defeats someone in the Coliseum, rips off their their arm, and then uses it like that trophy you did at the World Cup, like holds it over his. <laughs> yeah. Area, you know? <laughs> He'd have like a, he'd have like this huge scar that runs yeah. sort of like down yeah. his face like yeah. this. Prob- probably, um, a, probably a lot of people listening to this being like, "What the hell has this? What ha- <laughs> yeah. This took a detour." I look, for- go. I look forward to the YouTube comments about all this. <laughs> um, but you know, if you if you yeah. if you see uh, any Villa player, past or present, as some sort of Roman general, please leave those <laughs> comments in the in the comment section below. Yeah. Uh, let us know who you think would be a. Roman general. Remy Garden, uh, Tim Sherwood in the year of the five emperors. Like <laughs> just last about a month each. And then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A tumultuous time in Villa's yeah. history. Okay. Well, on that bizarre ancient historical notes, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, Maximus Decimus. No, uh, George Zielinski. Thank <laughs> you. I will catch you later. Catch a bit, George. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> if you are entertained, please follow us and subscribe. Um, please give us five stars on Spotify and Apple <laughs> yeah. and YouTube. Yeah, of course, of course, you're entertained. Why would you not be? <laughs> um, and yes, uh, we will see you later on at some time uh, soon. Frankie, up the mighty villa. <laughs>